you have to decide to start <laughs> because and actually start because I've heard people that have they've had this plan I've known people that have been on these albums and they've been working on the album they've never finished them so you have to des- decide to start and then right along with that is to put some sort of date on finishing and actually launching everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups and uh, seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of uh, Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com and grab some time with us to chat. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, uh, Deborah Don- Johnson, and as a quick introduction to Deborah, so she always thought she was going to go into music, um, I think started teaching music at the age of 13, taught uh, piano to kids and then to their parents, went into college uh, majoring in vi- or voice and piano, um, and got and then uh, went into education, I think, for a period of time, taught for a couple of years, and then went uh, and did some graduate work, um, also went and did, I think, some touring, if I remember right, with the musically related. Married a professional or baseball player, had a family, did or did the tours off and on. Um, went and did some work with Disney, and then expanded into speaking and does uh, did that for a part of the business. Um, also got into uh, set up systems for marketing and promotions and other things, um, and that kind of leads us where where she's at today. So, with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Deborah. Oh, thank you, Devin. That was quite an introduction. I don't know if I could have done my life that fast. That was, that was great. <laughs> well, I, can, I just condensed your journey into 30 seconds. So now let's unpack that a bit. So why don't you kind of tell us how your journey got, uh, got started and let's hear a little bit about that. Well, if we want to start way back, you know, of course, yeah, at the, thir- the age of 13, I did not want to uh, watch the five kids next door or pull weeds. So I thought I could start teaching piano. And this is going to date me a bit because it was 50 cents that I charged for for, for teaching uh, one of the neighbor kids piano. And then her mom wanted to start taking. So, okay, I was teaching adults at the age of 13. And it pretty much took me all the way through high school and even my college. Uh, It was a great way to earn extra income, pay my all my bills. That was great. Um, And that was, you know, fun. And yeah, I always did think, you know, I'm going to go into music. And of course I did. I've worked as a professional musician for, you know, 25, 30 years at least and done international touring, done touring all over the United States, done a lot of headline um, concert work as well. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, it's what I love. Go ahead. Over touring. So you went and I think after you went to college, you went into teaching for a couple of years and I was at musical teaching, uh, high school, elementary, kind of what teaching did you go into before going back to do graduate work? Yes. And actually, um, I, um, I was majoring kind of in performance, but I got pushed a bit into education uh, because it's a sweet spot for me as well. So I got the top award coming out of uh, Cal State Northridge for the top student teacher of the year, you know, and it was kind of a surprise, you know, I was show up at these meetings or these, you know, events, and then, you know, I had no idea that was coming. So, um, and I, I was offered contracts when a time that contracts were not being offered. And I thought, you know, I just really don't want to teach. I don't want to be in a classroom. And I could have taught high school right out and 
didn't want to do so i said no one question just when you were making that decision deciding hey i don't want to teach what was it was it more of hey this this isn't enjoyable to me or i wanted to you know go in a different direction or kind of because you you know a couple years got it or you obviously good at it got a reward got an offer so what was the what was the motivation or saying i want to do something different kind of how did you figure that out Well, part of that was, you know, I liked the freelance lifestyle. I didn't want to really be in a classroom. And some of the offers I got were in inner city schools that really needed somebody like me, you know, like high schools. But I knew how intense that was. And uh, I thought, you know, I don't know if I want to lock myself into any sort of contract like that. So, you know, I didn't accept those, but I ended up accepting one. Uh, because I was living at home and, you know, it was like, okay, going to the beach every day and just doing my freelance stuff was not working at that point. <laughs> I had a college degree. So um, I was I was offered this contract locally, taught junior high, um, music and drama. And so, uh, which I was really not totally prepared for teaching drama. I will just tell you that. They put me in that spot and... It, it was not easy, but but I made it through that year and decided, okay, after that year, I am never doing this again. I quit. And then the next year came around and I was offered another contract <laughs> at my old junior high school. And I could not say no to my old principal who was still there. And that was a telling sign that people stay there forever. So again, <laughs> but I said, I will do this part time. I will do all your music groups. And I recruited a boys chorus. I will still never forget. Uh, I did not have a boys chorus. So I thought, oh, this, I love boys choruses. So I went out um, on the football field and this is junior high school. Okay. And went out there and I recruited 25 guys and I got the top player first. And I looked, I looked like a junior higher still coming out of college. I just looked really young. So I went out there, uh, recruited 25 guys. And I tell you what, we had a great little year. I had them doing, this is going to date me. I had them doing Saturday Night Fever and they did it. I cannot even believe they did it. They did the movements and everything for me. But again, uh, I started doing my graduate work then. I thought, this is not where I want to be forever. I don't want to be, you know, this principal here forever in this school. I feel like I just have, there's more. There's more for me to do. And what do you do at that point? You just go back to school. Like, what do you do? I didn't really know. I kind of, you know, I wasn't in a a strong relationship yet uh, that I felt like was a serious one. So I had the freedom to do that and I could still tour if I'd like to. And so uh, that's what I did. I did that part time and then I really quit for sure at the end of that. Uh, and I ended up teaching college later. I taught at the graduate, even graduate schools and all of that later. But that was a different level. That was fine uh, with the graduate work. But um, at this point, you know, I just didn't see. I just appreciate the people that stay in those positions for a long time and they're meant for it. I just didn't feel like I was really meant for you know, staying in, in that place, there was more just because of that creative juice I had, I guess, you know, that's what it is. This is all about the inventive journey. So. So now you, you, you so you stayed in, you know, in one form of teaching for quite a, or a good period of time, you know, in different right. forms or fashion, as well as going back to school. Now you finish up the graduate, you know, graduate school and, and, and finish up that program and coming out of that, what was kind of that next step or where did you decide to go from there? Well, I did marry a professional baseball player. He was in the minor leagues and I had one more semester of graduate school left. 
and they gave me a break to be able to finish it and uh, because we I wanted to go off with him to spring training so we did that and it was his last um, spring training his heart he had hurt his arm he was a pitcher uh, he'd worked with uh, what now is they've called him a different team of course now but he was with the Indians so uh, we went there and I think I had probably watched one baseball game in my whole life. I mean, I, I was not in tune with the sports. I did not come from a sports family, but I was in entertainment and I knew entertainment and both of us knew entertainment. So um, we got along great. And uh, so, yeah, we had we met and married. I would not suggest this to our kids uh, in four and a half months. And so <laughs> we, we were there and I took. Yeah, I took that time. He was released, but then we traveled around the country. We knew a lot of people, so both of us did. So we did that and then uh, finished graduate work after that and started a family. How about that? But I continued to teach privately and did some touring, some flyouts, but a lot fewer because we had three sons back to back. And so that was, you know, it's pretty consuming at that point of life. And so the creative juices kept going, kept writing kept doing all of that I was performing all along here hmm. uh, different uh, my sisters and I performed together we did a lot of uh, work we did a lot of um, performing in churches a lot of area and fairs and all that sort of thing so we did a lot of that and so I kept writing for that and, and arranging so the music was still a big big part of my life definitely so now, and I, I think that's amicable, you know, that's great that, you know, you, you're all, you're putting a focus on the family and wanting to make sure you're there for the kids. And as they're growing, because, you know, I'm a, a father of four, um, my wife stays at home full time. She was a nurse before that. Um, but I think that there is definitely a benefit, you know, if, if you in circumstances to allow to be able to be there as, as your kids are growing up. Now, as your kids grow up and they're now kind of coming out of the, you know, getting out of the house and you're, you know, they're, they're raised, so to speak. And now that they're, you know, still, you know, certainly there for them, but you have a bit more time on your hands and you're seeing, you know, okay, now what do I want to do next? Kind of how did you re-engage or what did you do after that? Well, I had started doing club work. I was still teaching a lot um, privately and, and it's something I could do while my kids were growing. And I wanted that freedom because I wanted to be around. Somebody has to raise your kids, <laughs> period. And so we made that sort of choice. Um, and so I did some flyouts. A flyout is where you go someplace. You can, it's not a big tour. It's it's a flyout. So uh, I did some of that work, but I didn't really start concentrating more on my solo shows until the kids were a little bit older. Um, and we had three sons, they were four years apart. So it's like rough and tumble. It's constant, you know, with their sports, their activities. And they're all, you know, and now they're all launched. Very, very thankful, believe me. <laughs> very thankful when you get to that stage. Um, and But I've always loved, you know, I, I wrote a song called You Can't Buy Back the Years. You, you can't buy back the years, period. With your kids, with your parents, with uh, any of your um people that are close to you. So, you know, I didn't want to waste those years and go and look back with regret. And so the, the decisions I made creatively and with my career and my inventive journey um, were to make sure that um, I was able to, you know, enjoy those. And my husband made some of those same, we're still together, same choices as well to um, make sure that he was around enough. Mm. 
So now, good for you. <laughs> no, and I think that I think that's great. I think that's definitely sounds like a fun place. And so now, kind of bringing us towards today. So I think the, as you mentioned, we talked before, kids are raised. You've now got right. into a bit more of you know public speaking and doing other right. things. And you're um, you also I think had a stint in Disney. So kind of catch us up yes. now, kind of where that or where that takes you to today. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting, kind of looking at this path. Um, so much of life is and business is who you know and your relationships and I, I was starting to do this club work and now you're calling for subs around and there's a there's a certain group of us in los angeles in la area that we are piano vocalists we can do both so and we're women and so we have worked we work um we're hired for a lot of private parties and and events and and of course i was doing my solo shows at that point too so i was uh, doing some flyouts and doing some stage work because I, I, did, I put some shows together. And so that was a lot of fun all over the country. So, um, but in getting in Disney, it was one of the, one of my very best friends, she's become a very best friend, um, that I had asked her to sub for me in a job because we sub for each other. And she ended up, I had been trying to get in with Disney, you know, and you send stuff sometimes to these companies over and over and over and you never hear anything back. And she says, do you know what? I have this, this gig with Disney. Would you like to do it for me? Would you like to sub for me? And that was it. Sure, and I worked for them 25, 30. I mean, it's, you know, with, with an organization like that um, and it's, you know, and some of these are, they're not my highest paying gigs. They're not my type of, but I love working for the organization. So you show up on time, you're prepared, you look good and you, you know, you don't take advantage of, you know, what the freedoms that you have there and you're good. And they're not going to do a lot of different changes unless they have to have to cut back in areas. But I've been an independent contractor. So you know, I just signed a different contract, a new contract where you feel like you sign your life away pretty much with those big organizations. But, you know, they, they have to cover themselves too legally. So, yeah, but that's that was it, Devin. And it's so um, interesting how we can just try to push our way so much into areas. And sometimes it's just this relationship. And, and it's like, oh, that, that was easy. <laughs> and if you're prepared. You need to be prepared. And that that's a big point, too, because some people, they, they try and try to get in and they're not prepared. So that's a big now, deal. So now you work, you know, so you get in, you finally get in with Disney after trying for a while and, and, and having the, the connection in your network to help you get in there. Do that yes. for a while now. Are you still doing Disney? And then how did you get into kind of public speaking and, and engaging that as well? That's a great question, because I had worked so hard putting those solo shows together and I was doing another headline act with two pianos, like a, a dueling piano, but it was a stage show and a headline act. So we did a lot of video, we did a lot, of, and just wonderful, a wonderful colleague, uh, Waylon Picard, and we were doing this all over the country, huge arenas, we were having so much fun. Um, but what happened was with the Great Recession and with uh, corporations and some of those conferences, um, they weren't hiring us and they weren't hiring my show either. And so I started studying the market what were they hiring? And what way, what I found is that they were acting, or they were hiring mostly like tribute acts or older acts, uh, name acts pretty much, but not the newer acts and more 
you know, kind of niched acts like mine and, and our act. But what they really were hiring was speakers. And it's like, oh, well, I could do that. I, I, I could take it all. You know, what do you speak about? What is this business? So I contacted one of my agents and I knew that she had hired speakers and went and visited her. And um, we went to Arizona and kind of sat in her living room. And I said, tell me about this speaking thing. Is this really a business? What is this? What, what? <laughs> What do you do? So uh, I started learning about that and started writing books and I have absolutely loved it because I can combine the inventive journey of what I've done in media and music and now I've turned it into more of a media com company because I've, I've got videos, I've got songs, like hundreds of songs, I've got musicals, every, all of this stuff I've written, but I can turn that experience and all of that into an overarch and also and combine that with speaking with a message, which is the hero inside, because we all have that creative place inside of us that just needs to come out. No, yeah. I mean, that's definitely, sounds like, you know, definitely a lot of fun things that you're able to accomplish, a lot of opportunities, a lot of fun along the way. So I think that brings us kind of uh, to where you're at today. So now kind of looking, <clears throat> excuse me, a bit into the future, you know, the next six to 12 months, where do you see uh, things heading for you? What, what's the next uh, part of the journey? Well, um, I've been working extremely hard in uh, putting a new book out. And so I kind of use that COVID time. And I'm an introvert anyway, but I really did miss people. Believe me, I'm an, I'm an intentional extrovert. And so I get on a stage. I have so much fun. But, but, you know, I use that time to really, really focus and to finish projects. It just takes that. I tell people, it's seat discipline. You have to focus to finish these projects. Um, so I had had this idea for kind of a different type of book. And so I really, really used that, that time to be able to finish the book, but it's really a message of what I speak about as well. So, and I've kind of written a new keynote, which is my hero, the hero inside to really bump that up with a message. I think the world really needs to hear today because to, you know, wh whether you're at mid career at the halftime of life, that's my audience. Um, to maximize your skills, your experience, and your talents, and your resources. And, and so many people are afraid to move on. And especially now, they're afraid to, like, there's so much fear. Like, okay, what do we do? Can I travel? Can I get, what, what do I do? Should I, where's my business at? Or what if my business is closed? Or, you know, all of those things. There's a lot of those things that are keeping people circling in that endless roundabout. And so that's part of the message of this, the summit of the book I wrote and how to be able to emerge from that because I've had to make my own decisions and how to emerge from my roundabout in, in my life. If I could have stayed where I was at and tried to do the, the gig after gig after gig and not develop more of the business. And that's the big, one of the biggest things too, Devin, that I've learned from the speaking business and being a part of NSA, which is the National Speaking Association, is how to run a business. I was an entrepreneur. I, I knew how to book gigs and I would just do another album and I'd get booked. And so I, I didn't understand the business part. Oh my gosh, I'm an artist. And I, I tell you what, there's a lot of artists like that out there that are going, they're pan. I get the emails. I, they're panicked. They said, I had all this tour. I had everything planned. I had, I had this new album and everything shut down. 
and, and, and I, what do I do? And <laughs> you've got to develop those multiple streams of income. You've got to develop the residuals. You've got, all of that stuff needs to happen. And that's what you're all about, I know, with your business, which is wonderful. Um, but, but that's so necessary for artists, definitely. No, and I, I definitely agree with all that. And I think that's that's really necessary for all businesses is you, when you're, you're hit with something unexpected, you first of all, you have to figure out how to pivot or how to adjust it. And then building in those different streams of incomes and different sources right. of revenues and and uh, expanding the business, I think are all great a piece of advice. So but with that, now as we're kind of wrapping towards the end of the podcast, I always have two questions that I love to ask at the end of each podcast. <laughs> we're going to jump to those now. So the first question I always ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Uh, that is a, that's a, um, a really good question because when I think about my worst business decisions, I usually try to turn them into positive decisions <laughs> and, and what can come out of it. Um, I think some of my worst business decisions have happened because I've rushed into the project or I've rushed getting it done and not spending enough time um, really developing like the marketing plan. When I when I taught music business at a college course, I told them, um, you know, you're doing your project is this much and it's a lot of work, but your marketing and your plan for putting that out, it is huge it is huge and i think some of my worst business decisions have been in doing um a particularly you know i did this christmas album that was an amazing it's it's a great album i had live strings on it live brass it's just a beautiful album fun arrangements and um but the marketing aspect i i just thought ah people are just gonna book this show mm-hmm. and it, it just doesn't happen like that. You have to put that in place. And there's so much. I was just asked the other day, well, do you have a marketing team? And I said, oh, there's a lot you can do right now. You don't have to. I, I might be against some of these people watching. They're going, but I'm a marketing team. I could do that for you. But there's so much that entrepreneurs can do now by yourself. You can hire, you can hire those independent contractors. You can um, use some of that social media. You can use the ads. You can get... Uh, people to write reviews and not, um, but you, they write reviews when you ask, when they read your stuff, actually read your stuff. You do not ask people to say, oh, just write me a review. They don't do, I don't, I never do that. But, but it's important for people to honestly, I like getting reviews that just come that I don't, that are totally organic. I just got another one the other day and it was like, that was so, I mean, I just appreciate that so much. So because that was unwarranted and I didn't, I don't ask for them. So, um, so all of that was some of my worst of uh, just not planning enough and having the insight. Cause I think I could have helped more people through that process as well. So that's a good, really good question, but you have to try to turn those into a positive on what you're going to do different the next time. So, no, and I think that that's uh, definitely uh, a great lesson to learn and a great piece of advice. So, now to jump to the second question, which is, if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? I would say you have to decide to start <laughs> because, and actually start. Because I've heard people that have, they've had this plan. I've known people that have been on these albums and they've been working on the album. They've never finished them. So you have to des- decide 
to start. And then right along with that is to put some sort of date on finishing and actually launching. So um, I think that's a mindset. And but you have to get the right help as well. And some people are afraid to ask for help or to spend the resources it takes to get the type of help they need. And when I talk to them a year later, they're still in the same place. So at deciding to start, get the right help you that you need. Find that, you know, there are so many programs out there. And there's a lot of scams too, by the way. And there's a lot of, a lot of just stuff out there. You got to wade through it. It's all about trust. I talk about that in my new book. I talk about trust as well and how important that is. But in the journey, but to, to actually with that mindset, to actually start and, and part of doing that, you just need to develop some sort of routine, whether it's journaling. I, I love, I have a little program called the 90 day challenge that you just write a line or two every day. I tell you, it helps that sort of thing, but to starting and then put an actual launch date on it, that you will do it. And I think that's a bit, that's a big mindset. Some people, they're just afraid right now to get beyond the fear. No, and I think that's definitely a great piece. You know, it's interesting. I think we're either coming up on or or just past uh, 300 episodes. And I, you know, ask the same question. We get different or different responses and different uh, great pieces of advice. But probably the number one answer we get more from more entrepreneurs than anything else is to just get started. Or I wish I got started earlier. You know, get started as quick as you can. And so you'll never regret it. And I think that there's, you know, a good takeaway there is that, Everybody, no matter their journey, no matter what they're doing, no matter the business or anywhere else, anywhere else they're at within their journey, is that they always are glad that they got started. And so I think that that's a great piece of advice of just getting started and getting started now, because you'll, you know, even if it doesn't work out or you decide you don't like it, you'll very seldom look back and regret. I'm regret that you got started because you chased that dream, you found out that you loved it, and it's the thing you wanted to do, or you found out you want to do something else. But I think getting started now is a great piece of advice. Well, as we wrap up, and as, if people want to reach out to you, they want to get to know you, they want to be a, they want to hire you for speaking, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all <laughs> of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, or find out more? Oh, you can always contact me through, I have a number of websites, um, but I have, my speaking website is deborahjohnsonspeaker.com. You can get me there. Um goalsforyourlife.com. I have a lot of my online courses and all of that in there, goalsforyourlife.com. And uh, one of the original websites I've had for years and years, probably, I don't know, maybe 30 years, 25 years, I'm going to date myself, but it's djworksmusic.com. You can also reach me through any of those sites. Uh, You can email me through that, deborah at goalsforyourlife.com. That always works. And um, I would love to hear from you and mention that uh, you heard me here. That would be so great. And Devin, this has been a wonderful interview. I love the focus of your business. And I have worked with um, intellectual property attorneys before, and they've saved me a couple times with some of my projects. And I really appreciate what you do. And, and it's a very important for a creative, any creatives, uh, listening to this, uh, just to make sure that you've, you know, you got your, uh, your ducks in a row. <laughs> well, I appreciate the con words. I appreciate you coming on. It's been a fun and some blast to, to have you on. 
Now, for all of you listeners, if you have uh, your own journey to tell and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to share your journey. Um, you can just go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. Two more things as listeners. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast place so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so other people can find out about all of our awesome episodes. And last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else, just go to strategymeeting.com and grab some time with us to chat. Well, thank you again, Deborah, for coming on. It's been a fun, it's been a pleasure and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure, Devin. Thanks for having me.